Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Recorded live. Amen, amen. Kingdom greetings to all those who have tuned in live to our Midweek Disciples Life class. This class is being brought to you by TalkShoe Radio and FreeConferenceCall.com, all being sponsored by the Kingdom of God Fellowship Church located right here in Reedsville, North Carolina, hosted by yours truly, Apostle Rose White. I do wish to thank each and every one of you for joining with us on tonight, and I pray that you have had a wonderful and glorious day. Uh, I am going to ask for those, that, if you would, to turn your volumes down. Um, amen. Thank you. Amen. To God be the glory, because we want to try to make sure that we have a a clear line, that's great. Amen. Amen. For all those who are new with us, we do want to say thank you for joining us on tonight. We love you. We appreciate you all. And we do want to let you know that we are a teaching and an evangelistic ministry. We are uh, uh, believe so strongly in the Word of God. And our focus our aim, our mandate for the year of 2017 is to take this year by storm in, by, and through the Word of God. And so we believe wholly in the Word of God, and you're going to be hearing us read a lot um, at all of our programs. Uh, you know, there's just a host of scriptures of which we make no apologies for. If you are a lover of God's word, then you are definitely at the right place. You're on the right station at the right time. Amen. And if you are more into the jump, the shout, and the holler, then, you know, we pray that you still won't be disappointed because we get excited just on the word of God. Amen. It don't take a whole lot. Just give us the word, and we're excited about that. We're excited about Jesus. But I do promise that if you stay through the duration, you will find a new passion. Our desire is that you will gain a greater love, uh, receive a deeper zeal for God and his word, and discover a new place in him. Amen. And so I do ask that you would go ahead, get your Bible, get your pad, get your pen ready to take notes. You know, God wants to speak to us all individually as well as corporately. So take those notes and then take those notes back into your personal time of devotional reading and meditate on God's word. That's what it's all about um, this year. You know, we should have already all been doing that all the time. But there's something about this year that God is just pressing upon us like never before. Um, now, I do want to uh, announce that all scriptures are generally read from the King James Version, New King James Version, or the Amplified Version, unless specified differently. 
we like to always announce that just in case there may be someone that's reading from a different translation. And we're going to be dealing tonight on a very important topic, uh, one that many have lots of hang-ups with, and that's dealing with doctrines. You see, it's time for wisdom, it's time for knowledge, and it's time for understanding. And so we're going to be on this for uh, the next several weeks, but hang in there. Because, you know, there are many people that have never actually been taught anything about doctrines. I had begun this uh, about two years ago and only got through maybe about three or four weeks. But, you know, and it was funny because I had actually a pastor said, well, you know, I just don't see a need uh, for teaching about doctrine. And, uh, but you know what? The Lord really impressed upon me that we cannot even um, listen to foolishness because doctrines are so important. And many people have no clue, again, as to doctrine. They tend to think about one or two issues, but forget that there are a host of areas where doctrine is concerned. And so I pray that you are ready for this particular series as we're going to be dealing with biblical doctrines. So before we come with tonight's lesson, um, let's just take a moment. We're going to open up in prayer. Amen. Hallelujah. Father, in the precious name of Jesus, we just thank you, oh God, for this night. We thank you for how you have brought us throughout this day. We thank and praise you, oh God, for giving us our life, our health, and our strength. And we thank you for giving us a mind to be able to come tonight as disciples in whom you have called, disciples that are selling out for everything that you would have us to do, oh God, that it's all about you and none about us. And so, Father, we ask that you would open up the eyes of our understanding, that you would empower us with your word, that you would bring about an enlightening, oh, God, and that you will cause us to understand your word in a deeper way, that you will cause a love and a passion to rise up within us about your word and the truth that we receive through your word. And so, Father, right now, we come against every hindering spirit. We come against every contrary spirit. We come against every unclean spirit. We come against religious spirits right now in the name of Jesus. And we come against anything that would exalt itself against the knowledge of Jesus Christ. We bind up everything that is not of you. And, Father, right now, we ask that you would move by your power through the airwaves, that you will touch each and every individual that is listening on tonight and every week that's going to be tuning in. Father, right now, that you would bless those that desire to be here. Allow them to have the clear passageway to be able to dial in or to be able to log on via the Internet. We thank you right now, oh God, that you're removing distractions right now. You're removing the hindrances right now in Jesus' mighty name. And so, Father, we thank you right now that people have tuned out everything that they need to tune out. They turned off the TV. They turned off the, 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 the Facebook. They turned off the Twitter tweeting. They turned off everything, and they're turning on their spiritual ears that they might hear what you would have to say to your people on tonight. Now, Father, I ask that you would anoint me as your vessel, O oh God, that you would bless me to be able to minister and to teach this word according to your will and your purpose and your plan. Hide me tonight, O oh God. We thank you right now for all that you're doing. Oh, it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah to God. Be the glory. Well, again, we do want to bring greetings to all of you that have just now tuned in. 
those that have dialed in um, to the studio and those that are chiming in via the uh, Internet. We do want to thank God for each of you, and I'm going to get into our lesson. You know, we're starting uh, a brand-new series. And this series is Bible Doctrines. And so let me tell you now, it's not at all what you think. And this particular study is going to be composing. There are two parts, um, and it's going to take us several weeks. We're not trying to rush through it because the Word of God is something that we've got to get ourselves delved in. We've got to dive in deep. Amen. Because the deep is calling to the deep. And so here we're going to be looking at in the first part, first of all, why we study doctrine? Why should we study doctrine? And then we're going to be dealing with doctrine of Scripture. We're going to be doctrine of God. There's going to be a study on doctrine of Satan. There's the doctrine of man. And then there's the doctrine of sin. And then when we finish with that first part, we're going to go right into the second part that is dealing with the doctrine of Christ. There's the doctrine of angels. There's the doctrine of the Holy Spirit. There's doctrine of the church. There's doctrine of heaven and hell. And there's the doctrine of eschatology, which is talking about last things. Now, let me just say real quickly, coming from an apostolic Pentecostal church, when I got saved, the only doctrine that they talked about was according to Acts 2 and 38, and that was the baptism in Jesus' name. That's the only doctrine that they talked about. But as you can see here, there is so much more. To, to that, you know, it's so much more to just baptism, you see. And so tonight we want to get some understanding. We want to get some clarity. We want to come to know the fullness of all that God would have. And even in this, there is still so much more that we would be able to learn. And so for some of you, this information is not going to be new. Uh, but for many, especially in our mainstream churches, you know, many of these particular topics have never even be ta been taught. You know, many churches don't have disciples' class where they teach these types of things. They teach about other things, but not necessarily dealing with doctrine, you see. And so let me say that I'm going to be teaching, not preaching. And there might be sometimes I get excited because the word excites my very soul. But this is the time when we're dealing with teaching the Lord keep speaking within my spirit that this year has to be a teaching mode. And so, again, I'm not planning on rushing through any of this as we want every person, and this includes me as well because God is taking me back to school, you know, through the word. And so all of us has to know the truth of God's word. Amen. And so we thank and praise the Lord for you that are here. So I need you to come each week, those of you that can and will, Come with an open heart and open mind. Come with a teachable spirit. You know, come to ready to hear from the Lord through his word concerning areas that may be new to you and the things that, are, that you have known, that it will reinforce those things in which you've already known. Amen. And so you do want to have your Bible each week. You do want to have a notepad. And you want to make sure that you're studying, you're reading, and you're meditating on God's word. See, the Bible tells us to study, to show ourselves approved, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. We've got lots of people that are quoting the word, not of what they know from what they've learned, 
but they're quoting stuff from what they've heard. See, some people have been in church long enough to have heard folks say some things over and over that they have memorized it, not because they know it, you see. And so God is saying that we've got to know the truth because it's the truth that will make us free. And so looking at one of the scriptures tonight, those of you that, that will, you have your Bible, look um, here, and there's going to be lots of scriptures, so get ready. Um, the first, we want to look at Psalms chapter 11, verse 3. Um, for the next week or two, I want to begin by helping us to look at and understand, first of all, why we study doctrine. Why is it important? Why is this something that every believer should understand and should study, should know? First of all, Psalms 11, verse 3 says that if the foundation be destroyed, what can the righteous do? What can it do? And then Colossians chapter 2, verse 7 tells us that rooted and built up in him and established in the faith, as you have been taught, abounding in it with thanksgiving. People often object to any talk, any conversation, any teaching and training when it comes to doctrine. They have issues when it comes to the study of doctrine because they wrongly imagine that it's an unnecessary cause of strife and division. And you see, there is no strife and division if truth is being taught. But when we're teaching things based on what we don't quite understand ourselves, then what happens? Strife comes in. Division comes in. And so the fact is we cannot have any unity at all if we do not have doctrinal unity. Doctrine is not everything in Christianity, but nothing is more important than doctrine. You see, gospel doctrine is the foundation of all true faith. It's the basis of all real comfort. It's the inspiration of all worship, all obedience, and all devotion. And so I often hear people say, and trust me, uh, two years ago, I mentioned this earlier, I actually had a bishop say, you know, let's don't discuss doctrine. I had actually started. And a bishop said, no, 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 I don't think we need to talk about that. I don't think that's necessary. You know, let's just go on with evangelism, you know. There are these some that say, oh, let's not talk about doctrine. Let's just worship the Lord. I've even heard people over the years that don't preach doctrine, just preach Jesus, <laughs> you know. And that makes about as much sense as, as when you think about, you know, basketball players. You know, like, a, a, a for instance, I went to the Lakers basketball game, and let's say the Lakers basketball coach said to the team, guys, you know what? You won't have to worry about the baskets. You ain't got to worry about the ball. You ain't got to worry about some lines out there on the court. That's just play basketball. <laughs> you know, but you can't have basketball without some baskets. You can't have basketball without the ball. And you certainly can't play basketball without having the line. And so we can't have evangelism, worship, or Christianity without doctrine. They all work hand in hand. And so, again, I do want to quickly mention, as I am hearing a little background noise, if you know that you're in a place where there is noise, I do ask that you go ahead and mute out your phone line. If you're via the Internet, 
If you've logged on to the Internet, please go ahead and click the microphone key, and that will mute you out. Amen. And, of course, amen. And, of course, I can sometimes tell where the sound is coming from, um, and so I can go ahead, and I'm going to go ahead and mute you out. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, the study of doctrine is important because it is foundational. As we read a few moments ago in Psalms 11, verse 3, David asked the question, if the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? And so obviously, uh, you and I recognize that the foundation of God stands sure. You know, 2 Timothy teaches us that according to uh, chapter 2, verse 19. But we also know that in this dark apostate age, you know, in which there is so much wicked religious men and women walking in darkness without knowledge and without understanding, you know, all the foundations of the earth are out of court. You know, this is what Psalms chapter 82 verse 5 talks about. Now, since this is, Uh, the disciples' life class. This is a teaching time. And, again, it's important that I state something here, very important, that not everyone here is at the same place. You know, not everyone is where another person may be in understanding. And so it's important that I make sure that we are all on the same page. Amen? So what I mentioned uh, a few moments ago, that we are in an apostate age. What am I saying uh, is that we are at a time in our lives where people are, guess what, renouncing religion. They are renouncing their faith. They're putting up their robe. They're walking away from their belief. Preachers are walking out the pulpit. People are leaving righteous principles. And so, in other words, many are and have already gone into a backslidden state. You know, there are people every Sunday, still go to church every Sunday. They still go uh, uh, even to a Saturday Sabbath. They're in Bible study either on a Tuesday night, Wednesday night, Thursday night, or whenever they're having their midweek Bible study. They're going to conference, revival, you know, convocations, all as usual, but they're in a backslidden state of mind. They're just going through the motion. And so that is where we are uh, at a place in this time and in this season. And so the religion of the world constantly attacks, assaults, and speaks to destroy the foundation of doctrinal truth. And when men seek to destroy the very foundations of your faith, of my faith, of our faith, What can we, the righteous, do? And so I want to talk about three things that you and I can do, three things that I believe that we must do. You know, it's just a must. And so first of all, we've got to recognize and we must be confident. We've got to forcefully state the importance of doctrine in the word of God. This is the reason why for those uh, that are part of the Kingdom of God Fellowship Church uh, are hearing me more and more say, we've got to get in the word of God. Everything that I'm posting now is dealing with getting in the word of God, studying the word of God, being in the face of God, climbing our ears to the mouth of God, 
hearing everything that God has to say through his word. And listen clearly. Doctrine is not a dirty word. When we talk about the doctrine of the Bible, we are simply talking about the teaching or the instructions of the Bible. That's what doctrine is. So to say that doctrine is insignificant is to say that the teachings of the Bible are insignificant. See, doctrine is not only significant, it is vital for our overall spiritual well-being. See, some people take one thing and make a doctrine, forgetting about all the other teachings in the Bible pertaining to, to truth. I'm going to tell you, they take hair for a doctrine. They take baptism for a doctrine. They take clothes for a doctrine. They build their whole ministry on that one or two things. They build their, their ministry on that doctrine. You see, and so unfortunately, many times because their teachings are in error, it causes the whole body to go in error, and they fail to read and study all the other components and teachings in the Word of God because they have become consumed with this one thing. When God got a host of things throughout all 66 books of the Bible. And so gospel doctrine is absolutely necessary to save in faith. Now, Colossians, again, chapter 2, verse 7, we read this earlier, but I'm going to read it in the Amplified Version. It says, having been deeply rooted in him and now being continually built up in him and becoming increasingly more, Established in your faith, just as you were taught, and overflowing in it with gratitude. See, faith in Jesus Christ is not just a leap in the dark. It's walking in the light. And that person who is not taught the doctrine of Jesus Christ or believes that which is contrary to the doctrine of Christ, they don't know Christ. See, this is not a matter of you speculating. It's having a revelation. And so I'm going to give you some additional scriptures that I want to add to what I'm sharing with you on tonight. I want you to, first of all, look with me uh, at Romans chapter 16, verses 17 and 18. It says, and I'm reading this from the New King James Version. It says, now I urge you, brethren, note those who cause divisions and offenses, contrary to the doctrine which you learned, and avoid them. For those who are such do not serve our Lord Jesus Christ, but their own belly. And by smooth words and flattering speech, deceive the heart of the simple. Oh, my goodness. And we're going to get into that in just a few moments. And then 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 16. The Amplified says, pay close attention. Ah, we got to have a selah moment. <laughs> pay close attention to yourself. Concentrate on your personal development. This is what we're doing in 2017. Remember, we've been talking about this is the time that we're focusing on our own 
personal spiritual growth, you know, getting the word on the inside uh, at this time, this year. You know, it says, and then, and to your teaching, persevere in these things, hold to them. For as you do this, you will ensure salvation both for yourself and for those who hear you. Oh, my goodness. So we need to be paying attention. We got to pay attention to our own personal development. If you ain't reading the word, but every once in a blue moon, you're not paying attention. You know, every time you pick up your Bible, it's, you know, if for some reason somebody is saying something on, on a Saturday or a Sunday, you know, and then even then you might not even pick it up. You might just glance through it. If you're not paying attention to teaching or you have a problem with teaching, there's something wrong. Because, see, when you get up before others to speak, uh, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth will speak. And so if there's nothing in, nothing's going to come out. And so it's so important that you ensure salvation both for you and for those in whom you're going to be even witnessing to. But you can't witness to anyone if you don't have the witness on the inside of you. And so here is where we, we've got to pay attention. This is all about personal development, y'all, this year. I'm focusing on getting the word of God, grasping hold of God's word. This is a time, you know, when, when we're wrestling with the angel. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm not going to turn you loose to your blessing. And then here is 2 John. 2 John. This is not the gospel, but here where we've got 1, 2, and 3 John uh, back near uh, Jude in Revelation. 2 John, chapter 1, verse 9. The King James Version says, Whosoever transgresseth and abideth not in the doctrine of Christ hath not God. He that abideth in the doctrine of Christ he has both the Father and the Son. As you can see through these three passages of Scripture, that sound doctrine is necessary even for godly behavior. I don't doubt that people may live in an outwardly moral, religious manner without doctrine, but you cannot live for Jesus Christ to the glory of, of Christ and after the example of Christ, without the doctrine of Christ. And so Paul tells us that the doctrine of Christ is that doctrine which is according to godliness. Let's look at it real quickly. I'll turn to 1 Timothy, chapter 6. And let's look at what verses 3 through 5 tells us here. 1 Timothy Chapter 6, and I want to make sure everybody gets these verses. First Timothy, chapter 6, verses 3 through 5. And it reads, If anyone teaches otherwise and does not consent to wholesome words, even the words of our Lord Jesus Christ and to the doctrine which accords with godliness, he is proud, knowing nothing. Mm, I didn't write that. Says, but is obsessed with disputes and arguments over words, from which come envy, strife, reviling, 
evil suspicions, useless wranglings of men of corrupt minds and destitute of the truth who suppose that godliness is a means of gain. From such withdraw yourself. Hallelujah. You know, the other day the Lord had me to put a post that, you know what, through the teaching of God's word and through diving into the word of God, some of your relationships are going to change. You're going to find that there are some people that are going to drop off. There are going to be some things that are going to change. Because one thing an ungodly man can't stand is a godly man or godly woman that is caught up with the things of Jesus Christ. They can't handle somebody that wants to talk about the word of God, that they are meditating on the word of God. And many of these people that have corrupt minds, and as the word says, are destitute of the truth, they're without the truth, don't even desire the truth. The Bible says here, and I didn't say it, it says to withdraw yourself from them. It is what it is. That's it and that's all. And so when we see this particular word in in verse 5, you know, it says wrangling, useless wranglings of men of corrupt minds. Wranglings here, according to Merriam-Webster's dictionary, it means to be angry, noisy, or prolonged dispute or quarrel. The Amplified calls it perpetual, or it's a constant friction. And then here in the King James Version, it calls it perverse disputes. And so here, this teacher, they're false, proud, and they're arrogant. They're pouring out anger, a whole lot of noise, and, and they cause disputes to take place. And that's the reason why many people don't want to hear about doctrine, because many of these people are angry. They are bitter. And they're trying to throw off and they're they're casting out all that toxic upon the people. So what does it do? It brings about confusion. But when you teach the word of God and when you break forth the teachings of the scriptures and you teach it in love and and in harmony with the desire of wanting just to see the body of Christ grow and develop, so you know you won't have that. See? Even he or she may be one, this particular angry teacher. You know, a lot of times you'll find them, and I've seen this over the years, oh, my goodness, you know, where even the teacher will quarrel among those who even know the truth, according to God's word. You know how many times I've had people that want to argue me down. And the only thing I can do is I'm I'm done. I'm through. You know, I'll never forget I once had a, uh, a pastor, uh, she and her husband, it was a husband and wife teaching ministry, and uh, they were saying, you know what, all you can do is let people go on their way. If you have told a person that God is saying that you need to be tearing stuff down, tearing it down, and all they're doing is building it up, all you can do is let them go ahead on their way and do what they got to do, you know, because they're going to do it their way and not God's way. So all you can do is just let them go and let them do whatever they got to do. Eventually, they're going to realize that there's no anointing on that. There's no blessing with that. God is not even in the midst of that because God said, tear that mess down, and you're trying to build it up. And so the word speaks clearly. 
that these are teachers that got corrupt minds. They're destitute of the truth. You know, they are, and, and, and let me just say, these are also teachers that are there for financial gain. They're not for kingdom building and spiritual growth. I've had many people, do you know the, one of the reasons why many uh, do not do teleconferences, and I'm just going to tell it like it is and be honest with it, many people don't do these kind of services uh, and have churches without walls because to them they don't see any financial gain in it. See, because they know that if they get people, the bodies in the seats in the building, then they're going to make some kind of gain from that. You know, somebody is going to be given. The bucket is going to be passed. That tray is going to go down them roads. But, see, when it comes to here, teaching has to be because you truly want people to grow so that they can go forth to do the work of the ministry. See, it can't be about financial gain. And God said that, that he will take care of his own, you see, and that workman is worthy of his hire. You just do what God has told you to do, and he'll take care of the rest. <laughs> See, and so, but here, these are false teachers. They are proud. They are arrogant. And they are looking at what's in this thing for me. I'm teaching, but you're going to have to pay me. And so our comfort as believers living in this world of woe, it greatly depends on our grasp of the doctrine of the word of God. So Romans chapter 15, verse 4, it says, for whatever was written in earlier times was written for our instruction, so that through endurance and the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope and overflow with confidence in his promises. Romans 15, verse 4, that's the amplified version. See, were it not for the, the teachings of Scripture regarding God's sovereignty and, and, and grace and predestination and providence, you know, had it not been for Christ's atonement, you know, or the Holy Spirit's effective grace, where would you and I find the strength and the comfort that we need to face and deal with life in this world? We wouldn't be able to. You know, think about that for a moment. Where would we be? had it not been for the Lord Jesus Christ dying on the cross for our sins. Where would we be if it wasn't for God's mercy and for his grace? How would we be able to do what we do every single day, dealing with all the things that we have to deal with outside of our four walls? When we go outside of our comfort zone, how would we be able to handle things on a day-to-day basis? Now, secondly, when we talk about what the righteous can do and must do, secondly, we must recognize the importance of doctrine. And when men would destroy the foundation upon which our souls are built, we got to cling to the word of God. That's all we had, you see. This is why God said and spoke to me very clearly that 2017, we've got to take it by storm with the word of God. Right now, this is a time when we've got a new president getting ready to come in and, and play. And it's important that we understand doctrine, that we understand because for some, their foundations are going to be completely destroyed. 
And we've got to cling to the word of God. And if we don't have the word of God on the inside, we don't have anything to cling to. And see, many don't want any part of this. They would rather watch a good movie. They would rather watch it, read a good book. They'd rather go to sleep than to sit and hear about the teaching of doctrine. And then we wonder why the church is falling apart. We wonder why people are strung out. We wonder why folk are falling by the wayside and many that are throwing in the towel. We wonder. It's because we're not keeping the main thing the main thing. And in this particular world of chaos, the one thing that stands unchanged, unchanging, and unchangeable is the word of God. Hallelujah. See? Here is a foundation that cannot be destroyed. Everything else can be destroyed. But God's word, oh, no, it's going to stand forever and ever. Amen. The foundation of God standeth sure. And so Psalms 119, verse 89 says, Forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven. Hallelujah. I am asking that everyone please go ahead and, and mute your phone line. Amen. Amen to God be the glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And then Isaiah chapter 40, verse 8, the amplified version says, The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God stands forever. Amen. Our faith is built not on the shifting, you know, that sand that shifts on man's human philosophy, but our faith is built on the solid rock of God's holy word. I thank God for the word of God. You see, that's the only thing that I have to stand on. Nothing else really matters because everything else is going to pass away, but the word of God is going to stay. Thirdly, when the foundations are being assaulted from every area, you and I have to earnestly contend for the faith once delivered to the same. Hallelujah. Because there is some shaking that's about to go on. We think stuff's been happening, but there's some shaking about to really take place, you see. And there are some things that's going to test our faith. I didn't realize until now, now I understand more and more why the Lord kept dealing with me early this morning around 3.30. You know, there are so many tests. People are going through tests. There are tests coming on every hand. And, and the test that keeps coming, you know, when we fail that test, guess what? We got to go back and take that test again until we pass the test. But just know that in life, life is full of tests. But God is saying, don't panic, because it's just a test. Hallelujah. we got to earnestly contend for the faith that was once delivered to the saints. Turn with me to Jude. And as you know, Jude only has one chapter. But look uh, with me at verses 3 and 4. That's Jude, verses 3 and 4. And I'm going to read this from the New King James Version. It's And that's Jude. It says, Beloved, while I was very diligent 
to write to you concerning our common salvation. I found it necessary to write to you, exhorting you to contend earnestly for the faith which was once for all delivered to the saints. For certain men have crept in unnoticed who long ago were marked out for this condemnation ungodly men who turn the grace of our God into lewdness and deny the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, my goodness. I'm telling you right now, you've got to be on guard. We've got to be careful. We've got to use wisdom in this hour. And if there's ever a time that you've got to turn up your spiritual senses, it is right now, here and today. We've got to turn on the spirit of discernment. I am praying that our spiritual senses will become so sharpened in this time that even during this time of being set apart, those that are fasting and those that are praying, those that are in the word, those that are constantly on their faith, that we will get to that place that we will sense when something ain't right. We will know immediately, and that for many, God will show you, just like watching a movie, everything that's going on in the life of another. Because there are many that creep in, having a form of godliness, but they're ungodly. They turn the grace of our God into lowness. See? And that's the reason why the Bible had even spoke about how many city women are led astray. See, there are many city people being led astray by those things that appear godly and holy and righteous, but they are wolves in sheep clothing to kill, steal, and to destroy. And if we don't have our senses sharpened by the Holy Ghost, we will be deceived. And then all of a sudden, we've allowed them to be in our midst, and then they cause us to waver in our faith. They will cause us to doubt what we know to be right and what we know to be true. There will be people that will come in your midst. They'll tell you, you know, we don't take all that. I don't know why you feel like, you know, you got to pray all the time. Why do you feel you got to fight? They don't even question your, your, the reason why you do what you do. You ain't got to read all the time. God will tell you what you need. When the Bible tells us plainly that we ought to study. When the Bible tells us plainly that we ought to pray without faith. See, when the Bible plainly tells us these hard things come only by fasting and praying. And so that's the reason why many of these people, you got to discount. You got to love them, but you got to let them go. You got to release them, you see, because they're ungodly. They deny the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. That's the word. And so if in these dark days they would contend for the integrity of the scriptures and the faith of the saints, you and I have to prayerfully study and seek by the grace of God to comprehend the teaching, the doctrine of the word of God. 
See, again, one thing Satan hates is a child of God that is studying the word of God. See, he don't care if you go to church. He don't even give a flip if you are speaking in tongues all day long. See, he don't care nothing about that. All he is concerned about is one that is in the word of God and comes to have wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. He hates a man or a woman that has the understanding of God's word and that are led by the spirit of God. Because he knows that those that are led by the spirit of God are the sons of God. And so the study of doctrine is very important. It's foundational. See, the doctrine that we are studying is the, is the doctrine of God. The doctrines that we believe, those doctrines that are taught in the word and believed by all true believers, these are not of men. They're of God. So hear me well. These are not mere denominational dogmas. These are not just church confessions. You know how sometimes in churches they have everybody to, to do some confessions and all that's all good. But this is not about that. This is not doctrinal debates. This is not theological theses. But these are the teachings of God himself. Those things which are vital to our souls, vital to the knowledge of God, and vital to salvation, these are things which could not be known except by divine revelation. And this is where God wants you and I to have divine revelation, to have truth of his word. My God, I feel this thing is stirring on the inside of me. You know, if only someone had taught that to me back in the day, when I was condemning everything and everybody, all because I had a, a misconcept, I had only one, maybe just a little smidget, just a little smidget of a little truth, when I missed out on 90% of all the other truths, I got a tenth of it and walked in error because I didn't know the other truth. See, when we're in error, what do we do? We teach error. And then everybody that said, I'll miss, they too are walking in error. But God said it's time out for error today. There's no place, there's no room for error now. And so what does First Peter chapter 1, verse 21 say? First Peter chapter 1, verse 21. It says, who through him believed in God, who raised him from the dead and gave him glory, so that your faith and hope are in God. See, they can be understood only by divine illumination. My, my, my. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 13 and 14, it tells it plainly. It says, which things also we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Ghost teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the, uh, the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for their foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. Isn't that something? 
I don't care how deep the natural man might think or how much because he think that, well, you know what, my mama knew this, my daddy knew this, my great-grandfather knew this, we were brought up in the church. You know what, still, if he's natural, carnal, have not the spirit of God, these things is foolish to him. They're foolish to her. They can't even comprehend it. It don't even make sense to me. See, you got to, it's the spirit that is talking to spirit. <laughs> oh, God. That's why the deep is called in the deep. Both the man who attempts to teach and those who seek to learn the doctrine of the word of God are totally dependent upon the grace, the wisdom, and the power of God, the Holy Spirit. And if the Holy Spirit is our teacher, we're going to be taught well. I'm going to tell you that right now. That's the best teacher in the world. <laughs> See, because when the Holy Spirit teaches us, we're taught of God. My, my, my. And so I'm going to try to, to finish this little part here on tonight. Just bear with me here. We're almost through. And so I want you to look at the source, the source of true doctrine. You know, some that are listening here on tonight may see this as being, again, unnecessary. You might think this is redundant or perhaps even silly, but it's not. The fact is, in the minds of most men, there are many sources for true, true doctrine. And none other than the most ignorant would suggest that the Bible is not a source of doctrine. And, you know, I can't get no more plainer than that. Most would even affirm that it is the primary source. But very few look upon the word of God as the only source of doctrine. I'm going to tell you, you'd be surprised. I have been places where I have had men and women say they're getting ready to preach at a certain place, and they'll pull out, they'll pull out a T.D. Jakes book. <laughs> you know, this, I was reading from this, and, you know, that's where I get my message from. I, I just blows me away. So many people will read a T.D. Jakes book, a Joyce Meyer. They'll pull a Juanita Bynum. They'll get a Paula White or a Kenneth Copeland. These are just the name. A few, there's nothing wrong with these. I love these great men and women of God. You know, thank God for them. But many people choose their books, you know, and this is where they get their source of information from. See, rather than going to the source, which is the word of God, they get their source from these materials. And it's very few that truly look upon the word of God alone as their only source for true doctrine. And we've all been guilty of that. We pull materials from other things. But our sole source of information needs to be from the word of God. That's why this year we have got to go through the word. We've got to study the word. We've got to be in the word. We've got to continue through this word chapter by chapter, verse by verse. Every book, we've got to go through. We've got to dissect. We've got to get it in our spirit. And many, like the Pharisees, they built their doctrine on the Bible and the tradition. Hello? Those who do so by their tradition, guess what? They make void the word of God. Whenever people attempt to build their doctrine on both the word of God and tradition, they soon, guess what, they prefer tradition to the word, and they make the word of God to be of none effect, as we come to understand even over in Matthew chapter 15 or Mark chapter 7, verse 7. 
Others build their doctrine on the word of God and the creeds of the church. Uh-oh. <laughs> While there may be, you know, a proper place, and there is a use for creeds. There is a, a use for confessions of faith. We believe that, you know. But our faith must not be determined by the creeds of even the best of men. Our faith has to stand in the word of God alone. Bible doctrine is the teaching of the unadulterated word of God. I don't know any better way to put this. See, it's got to be based on the Holy Scriptures. Dogma is teaching that is laid down by and imposed upon men by churches. It is what it is. And so whenever a church's dogma, and for for those that may not uh, know what dogma is, and I want to make sure because I, I have to make sure everyone understands, you know, a dogma, when you hear of that, it's a principle. It's a set of, of principles that's laid down by an, uh, an authority that is considered to be totally true. It contradicts a lot of times the Bible's doctrine or it adds anything to it. And see, anything that adds to the word of God or takes away, it's got to be rejected as false. And so when that church's dogma, when it contradicts the Bible's doctrine, it's got to be rejected as false. And so many build their doctrine upon the plain statements of the word and those things which may be reasonably judged from the scriptures. There is among even church today, you know, a commonly accepted doctrine, which is called the doctrine of necessary consequence. We used to have that a long time ago. And it's responsible for much, you know, today of the heresy that we've got to deal with right now. You know, that's what's going on in the churches today. When men attempt to build doctrine upon both plain statements of the word and what they think must be necessary, then they build their final conclusion from the scripture. They are then what they're doing is they're trying to build on two foundations. You know, they're trying to build, like the scripture say, one on the sand and one on the rock. And the result, I'm afraid to say, all it is is just total destruction. So when sinful men make their reason the basis of believing something, there is no limit to the foolishness. Uh, 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 Pastor Baker called it foolery. You know, there ain't no limit to the foolery that can be passed off as Bible doctrine. And so just reading some of the stuff on Facebook, I'm just going to say it's proof enough to that message. They approved that message. And in this day where, you know, we got so much charismatic nonsense, and I do talk a lot about emotionalism and sensationalism, everybody gets excited because somebody knows how to move a crowd. They know how to say the right words to get people all, you know, uh, bouncing off the wall and jumping out the boat. They build their doctrine upon experience, and experience is no basis for faith. See, Saul had a real experience in the house of the witch in Indo. <laughs> but that experience is not a basis for our doctrine. You know, neither is our own experiences, good or bad. Any 
teaching which does not line with those scriptures, with the word of God, is to be rejected even if it's raining miracles all day long. Everything that we do, everything that we say, still got to line up with the word of God. And the only basis for doctrine, the only source of divine truth is the word of God. And so when we talk about doctrine, the teaching of the word, we have no right to even entertain our own thoughts. I have no right to put out my own opinions, much less express them, because it ain't about me. It's about the word of God. And so in these matters, we dare not speak either more or less than that which is expressly written in God's word. To back up what I'm saying, let me just quickly, as we're getting ready to close here, let's look at Isaiah chapter 8, verse 20. Isaiah chapter 8, verse 20. It says, to the law and to the testimony, if they do not speak according to this word, it is because there is no light in them. And then Second Timothy, to add a little bit more to that, to back it up, chapter 3, verse 16 and 17, it says all scriptures. So when somebody comes and says, you know, man wrote that, you can't take that, you know, uh, as true uh, because man just put their own opinion. 2 Timothy 3, verse 16 and 17 says all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. God has said it. I believe it. That settles that. See? All true doctrine is the doctrine of the apostles and prophets. Faithful men teach exactly what they taught. Ours is the doctrine of the Bible, the Old and the New Testament. We don't simply hold on to the doctrine of the New Testament. So when I got saved, they never did anything with the Old Testament. I never even knew about the Old Testament, never even was crossed over and going to the Old Testament. Fifteen years. Never did delve into the Old Testament. They would pick up every now and then and tell you about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They would tell you about David, you know, Slug, Goliath, but they never take us there. See, all we studied was New Testament told. We are the New Testament church. That's all I studied. That's what I knew. But see, our doctrine is the doctrine of the Bible. We recognize that the Bible is one book with one message and total uniformity of doctrine. It consists of 66 books, Old Testament, New Testament. The Old Testament teaches exactly the same thing as the New Testament, only with less clarity and fullness. The Old Testament is the shadow. The New Testament is the substance. The Old Testament is the promise and prophecy. The New Testament is the fulfillment. Glory to God. And someone once said, the Old Testament is the New Testament concealed. The New Testament is the Old Testament revealed. And so in my closing on tonight, even when I go back and I look at Acts, and, you know, I'm just in really looking at Acts here lately, 
You know, this is a, an inspired history of the ministry of the New Testament church, you know. And for the first 30 years after the resurrection of, of, of Jesus Christ, we see a lot of things that took place. And in that history, that which was inspired, we are given actually a narrative of apostolic doctrine and preaching. And again, apostolic is not a denomination. Let's make that clear right now. Because a lot of people, the first thing they say when they think about apostolic, again, they are pointing to the oneness. And that's where I came out of so I can talk about it. Okay, so that's not putting down oneness churches and those that believe in the baptism in Jesus' name because I truly believe in the baptism in Jesus' name because there's only one name where man can be saved, and that's fine through the name of Jesus. But what I'm saying is that we tend to take that, we run with it, and we bring about error rather than bring forth the truth of God's word. And the apostolic doctrine, the preaching, that's what the book of Acts, is bringing about and teaching us. Every time we read about the preaching of the apostles in the book of Acts, the subject preached was Jesus Christ and the resurrection. Every summary of gospel doctrine given in the books of Acts in the entire New Testament, it reveals an inspired system of doctrine that is centering around the accomplishment of redemption by the death of Jesus Christ. There's the verification. There's the accomplishment that was done by his resurrection from the dead. And for those that attend our morning matter broadcast, each one hears, even as we're going through and we're reading various books and chapters each morning, we hear summaries of those books and of those chapters while our Tuesday night disciples last class will begin to go through in depth what the scriptures are saying to us as disciples for Jesus. And for this season, we're on a journey. We're looking in depth at what doctrine is all about, coming to have greater understanding of truths so that we can always be quick to give a man or a woman an answer as to what we believe and why. There is no call for stammering lips. <laughs> there is no reason for hee-haw and let me see, and I'm not quite sure, and I think, and hum, and hum. No, you need to be quick to give an answer of what the Word of God has to say as to what you believe and why. I pray that you have been blessed by tonight's study. We're going to continue to get into this. Uh, You know, each week it's just going to get greater and greater. The more we fall in love with Jesus, the more he falls in love with us. And there's just something about the word of God. And there's something about the name of Jesus. It is just the sweetest thing I know. And so I'm going to turn this particular part of the service uh, over to um, Pastor Baker. Um, and so all I want to do is to encourage each of you, stay in the word. I pray that you've taken a lot of notes. Go back, reread those notes, study those scriptures. Let the word of God consume you. God bless you. Amen.
Amen. Shalom. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. God bless you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. We bless you, Lord. We bless you, Lord. Hallelujah. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you. Hallelujah. God bless you all. Have a good night. We'll see you all in the morning. Amen. You too. You, you too, Sister Katrina. God bless you. And yes, I saw that with your daughter. Amen. Amen. Mm-hmm. Right. Amen. Amen. Well, she has such a beautiful picture up, and so we, you know, we are excited to hear about what God is doing, you know, for her. Amen. Amen. To God be the glory. You know. Amen. Well, we look forward to hearing more of all that God is going to be doing in her life. So we'll continue to pray. So you have a good night, and we will look forward to hearing you again on one of the morning broadcasts, okay? Amen. Good night. Good night, Pastor Baker. We love you. Amen. (laughs) Amen. God bless you. Yeah, that was Sister Katrina uh, from New Jersey. 
she also had an issue with her daughter. Uh-huh. Praise the Lord.
With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.